Hello, and welcome to another episode of the SIRS Group Podcast. I am Barbara. And I'm JC. And today we are giving you what you've always wanted. It's not true. It's just our health updates. It's been a minute, about a year, uh, since we um, gave you guys an update as to where we are in the Shoemaker Protocol and our own SIRS healing journey. So that is what this episode is going to be all about. And if it wasn't obvious, Barbara and I are not medical professionals. We are SIRS patients. We run a community of people healing from SIRS. We both read the textbook, but none of this should be taken as medical advice. That said, you can learn from our mistakes. Yes, please do. That's why we're here. That is why (laughs) we're recording this right now is so that you can take what we did and go, oh, that was dumb and then not do it (laughs) or, or go, oh, that worked for her. Maybe I'll try it whatever, whatever works. So yeah, I guess I'll go first. Go ahead. Yeah, please do. I was, I was going to ask, where does this all begin for you, Barbara? Oh, back back. in the day, 1986. No. So I, uh, (laughs) I, if you, uh, we did post a previous update, so go check those out for more detailed, uh, information about where we've come from, but I've had GI issues as my main thing. Of course, I have lots of other SIRS symptoms as well, but that was my main uh, motivation for finding or looking for healing. So I was diagnosed with SIRS in uh, April of 2022, and I started treatment July of that same year. Um, binders worked relatively quickly on all of the other symptoms, um, brain fog, fatigue, uh muscle cramps, all kinds of stuff. It was good stuff. I was feeling improvements pretty quickly. um, And I was on EDTA spray for Marcons, which I tested positive for. And uh, towards the end of the year, end of 2022, I was started on VIP spray. So that's about where we left off. Um, So I heard you mention a bunch of symptoms resolved, but no mention of GI. Yes, correct. So my GI issues persisted. And this is after a year of carnivore. This is after trying lots of different things in my life. So it, you know, I, I, I carnivored harder. I SIRS treatmented harder and none of that really was, uh, working for me and including VIP spray also did not seem to do anything different. So at that point, um, I retested some blood work. I, uh, retested Marcons and saw that I still had Marcons. And that was kind of a bummer. Uh, my MSH was still pretty low. And for those of you who don't know, uh, the MSH portion is important, especially for gut healing, because that when when you have it at the at the good amounts, which uh, your aim is at least to be at 35, 25 bare minimum, I never got above 16. So um, you want that to be working properly in your body to be able to repair your gut. And so because I am was not yet raised to the proper level, um, that was another kind of thing, obstacle in my way of healing. So I know that you were still experiencing GI issues and GI issues is what made you start SIRS treatment in the first place. So what was the pivot? So the pivot happened with uh, a new practitioner. Uh, my old, old practitioner was no longer seeing out of state uh, patients anymore. So I, I went with someone new and, uh, upon looking at all my test results, she did reassure me that I had cleared Marcons at one point. And you can tell based on the level of resistance 
each of the um, strains uh, shows in the test that you get, the test results. So she said that I was recolonizing. And the reason that's good is that means that I can clear it. I just need to raise my MSH and, and be out of exposure for that to really take hold and to kind of clear it for good. Um, uh, so that that's the new goal. She did suggest that because there were some questions as to like what or why I might still be in exposure, she thought it might be a good idea for me to do the genie test. And the genie test uh, is a lot of things. And we we will do another uh, uh, episode, separate episode, kind of going into detail on the genie in the future. But suffice it to say that it can tell you which of the biotoxins specifically is causing your issues currently. Um, and for me, I have learned that my main issue is actually endotoxins. So no, I, yeah, go ahead. I just wanted to say, to clarify for people, Barbara had a really good ERMI and hurts me score, which is like the environmental test that practitioners usually make you do to test for mycotoxins, which is actual mold. But then there are two other tests you can do. One is called actinos, which are the bacteria that eat the mold. And then there's endotoxins, which is like dead bacteria, usually related to like sewage, I believe. Poop. Um, poop. poop. And so if you have a good hurts me ermi, it's kind of assumed that you're out of exposure, which is why you were then led to do the genie test. And thank goodness, because now you know that endotoxins is the thing you need to focus on. Yes, I, I met with a very reputable IEP, in fact, who looked at my hurts me too and in ermi score and was like, so you're, you know, like, this is a good score, right? Like, you're good. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I do. Thankful. Yeah. Appreciate the review. Thank you. Yeah, that made that it myself. That <laughs> was all me, by the way. No, uh, yeah. So that was, yes. Thank you for that clarification. Super important and and perfect to give context. Um, so yeah, so now I have a direction to go. And that is, and if you're sitting there going, hmm, maybe I should do the genie test. It is expensive. Uh, but if you are stalled in your healing process and you don't know what the problem could be and you do have a decent hurts me too score and you know you have like some of these things pointing to like, well, what's the problem? Um, you can do the genie test. The other option, I think, you know, in retrospect, maybe something else I could have done was to do the endo and actino tests as well in my home. And if there was one that was crazy high, I could start to attack that. And by the way, um, unless I have an active like toilet overflowing sewage all over the place situation, which I do not, thankfully, the way to attack endotoxins is actually the same as actinos, which is lots of cleaning, lots and lots of cleaning. So that is my new path forward. So going forward from here, my uh, what I'm currently doing is waiting for I for dust to collect in my home so that I can do an endotoxin test uh, on the upper floor and the lower floor and the third one outside. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I live in Las Vegas and sometimes it just kind of smells like poop in the air here. And I don't know, that's not something people talk about. Not something I've ever noticed in other cities. So that could be an issue. Um, my IEP is like very interested in seeing what my outdoor score is after I told him that. So, uh, so anyway. Was, wait, when you told him like, sometimes it just smells like poop, was he like, was he shocked or was he like, this he, is he, something I understand? <laughs> I want to know his reaction. He he did a, he did a, 
Huh. Well, it's been a minute since I've been to Vegas. So uh, yeah, maybe that's a thing. I'll be looking forward to your scores. That that was basically how he put it. It's kind of like, well, it is Las Vegas. I think there's a little <laughs> of that. Oh, man. So, he would be shocked if it was anywhere else in the US. Right. But because it was Vegas, he's like, it like, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, that said, I mean, we, when we get flooding here, it like this, like it, it's bad. It's like where you see the people like, you know, in floaty devices going down like the Vegas strip and, oh, all, you know, don't, don't, don't pay me enough. Don't stand in that water. Don't play in that water, guys. It's poop. It's poop. Don't do yeah. it. Oh, and, gosh. and like gasoline and like all kinds of awful stuff. Anyway. I want to know who's listening to our podcast that is like, oh, thank gosh she said that because I totally <laughs> want to. <laughs> like, oh, man, I play in sewage like, all the time. Has said... <laughs> thank goodness for this podcast. I'll stop. Yeah. <laughs> We're here for you. We're here for you, people. That's, You're that's welcome. Just... <laughs> oh, man. So, so yes, I'm going to test for endos uh in in about a month or so uh after dust is collected in my house and uh and then I will also be redoing blood work at that time just to see where I'm at and uh and yeah from there I'll get some more information see where I'm at with my endo score if it's something bad and 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 hopefully it's not but at the same time I kind of hope at least one floor is so I know where to clean or where to go from there um you know i still have carpet on my upstairs uh area and that could be a problem so there's just a couple things to determine but i will know more and sorry that this isn't a very definitive update right now but i promise the next health update will be much sooner than a year from now uh so i will will keep you guys updated but that is where basically where i'm at and question, are you holding off on doing VIP because it's expensive and you want it to be effective? So you're trying to make sure you're out of exposure first? Yes, exactly. Okay. And I, again, when I was on VIP, I did not feel anything, not good and not bad. Um, with other people who did VIP, like you, I know you were like, yes, this Whoa, feels spoiler amazing. Alert. Oh, I know. Sorry. <laughs> all right we'll we'll switch over to, to jc right now but but yeah for some people they feel really great on it i felt nothing and so it's possible it was still doing something for me um but i didn't feel it and so yes because uh my because of other all of these possible things and maybe that's something that we'll revisit maybe i will get back on vip if we find that my house is safe from endotoxins as well. I don't know. So yeah, good questions to ask. So I will keep y'all posted. Well, thanks for sharing the update. I'm yeah. I'm glad we're doing this, even though it's like we're not resolved because if we waited until like all of our health issues were resolved, who knows when we could do this? Because it's just like, it's not that SIRS treatment doesn't have an end because it's like, there's a very clear protocol and you do get off of VIP eventually, but it we always talk about like SIRS does physically damage your body. There are things that get physically damaged. And so there are things you may need to address after SIRS treatment. Um, so kind of like, what am I foreshadowing my story, I guess, mm. a little bit with that comment. Yeah. Um, but I think it's important that people know that progress is progress, no matter how small in the words of a uh, Dr. Seuss, I believe. Um, and that really my main takeaway from your story is like 
the best thing to focus on in your surge treatment is what is the next best step. Okay, I did this. Now I'm stuck. So now I can do the genie. That's my next best step. And now that I've done the genie, I have more information. And my next best step is to meet with an IEP. And it's just one step at a time. Yep, exactly. And and when you have good resources available to you, uh, and you, and that's the, one of the best things about the group, just to plug the, you know, the SERS group real quick. Um, you know, we can all share, like I had a really great experience with my IEP shout out to Michael Schrantz. Um, but you know, that, that's something I can then, uh, explain more and share within the group. And I think, uh, we all can kind of share some good experiences with certain practitioners or certain, um, certain resources that are available out there. And we know that they've been kind of vetted uh, and and are going to be on our side and are going to understand um, where we're coming from and the world of SIRS. So yeah, I'm uh, very thankful for all of that. And uh, now let's talk about you. Where have you been since our last update? Yeah. So as Barbara mentioned, we did a previous episode on this. So if you want like the, the details, the granular stuff of my journey, uh, definitely check that out. But essentially, I had a catastrophic health decline in, well, it started in really August of 2021, mm-hmm. um, and then went through a whole journey with that, was eventually diagnosed with ankylosing spondylitis, which is an autoimmune disease, in December of 2021, and then nothing improved, um, and eventually was diagnosed with SIRS. In April of 2022, I started treatment in June of 2022, and I had my first pain-free day in September of 2022 after over a year of being in pain. And for me, the biggest thing that made a difference at the beginning of my journey was not so much starting the binders as it was getting out of exposure. That was a huge lever for me. I was living in a moldy house in Florida, came to Colorado to dog sit for two weeks and ended up staying here because I was like, oh, this feels much better. Yeah. And and I think just to not gloss over how dramatic that was, you literally left behind everything you owned except for what was in a suitcase and, and, and like, just didn't go back. And it was totally unplanned. It wasn't something that you like had time to prepare for and pick your favorite things to take with you or any of that. You just you you up and left because you thought you were going to come back and you you realized your health was more important than going back. Um, and now you're not near family, which sucks, I know, but uh, you are in a, a clean environment that you're feeling so much better in. And that's amazing. Yeah. Um, thank you. I, I feel like sometimes I like brush over the gravity of that because I, I realize I am very lucky to be in a safe space. And I know that's a huge thing for so many people is the remediation part of their SARS journey. And so in some ways, I feel very lucky for being where I am now in a clean environment. Um, But that luck did come at a cost. And I appreciate you recognizing that always. Yeah, for sure. So September 2022, I had my first pain-free day. And then um, I had an autoimmune flare So my autoimmune flare manifests as uveitis, which is inflammation of the inner eye. And I was supposed to be going to Spain for a work trip. And I was like emailing my provider frantically, like, can I go to this? Um, The uveitis stuff, it was, it's painful for one, it impacts my vision for two, and it's super freaking expensive. Like each appointment, okay, 
just side rant here. Everyone complains about the cost of SIRS, but the cost of SIRS has been nothing compared to the cost of my autoimmune related appointments. Mm. Each time I go to my eye doctor for the uveitis specialist, it's $450. Oof. Each time. And they have to keep checking to make sure the inflammation is being reduced in your eye. So it's like an appointment a week for a month. That's, you know, insane. I'm really bad at math, but that's a lot of money, guys. That's a lot of money. (laughs) Um, So I had an autoimmune flare then, um, but ended up going on the trip. It was okay. I I was pretty stable throughout it. I was on steroids, like eye drop steroids uh, orally, and then I was still doing my SIRS treatment because my SIRS provider felt it was important that everything stay as stable as possible. Um, And then I just stayed out of the country for two months um, and then came back to the States in December. And I came and stayed with you for a little bit. Um, And then in January, we felt I was stable enough to start VIP spray. Um, But then I also got COVID and we have since learned that COVID is one of the, is likely one of the biotoxins surviving mold put out a paper on that. And so I ended up doing VIP and a spike protein damage protocol around the same time. And after that, I didn't have any more autoimmune flares. And so I really feel like that spike protein damage protocol was a huge lever for me. Yeah, that's crazy. And you were able to do both at the same time. Yes. VIP and that. mm -hmm. So I worked in tandem with my SIRS provider. They didn't really, uh, my SIRS provider didn't really direct me through the spike protein damage protocol. Depending on your provider, they may have like a different level of uh, comfort with doing that. I kind of took myself through it. There are great resources over at FLCCC Alliance. Um, So if you're interested in looking into that information and kind of presenting that to your provider, if that's something that feels like if you think you have a Vax injury or long COVID, it's for me, it was so worth looking into. Um, I think it was a huge, huge lever for me. Yeah. We'll have that info in the show notes as well. So from there, that was January of this year, basically. Yeah. January of this year. So I started the VIP and you kind of slowly ramp up on VIP. And I I just started noticing, like at first I didn't feel any major effects from it. Um, But then I would have these moments where I would just like be walking up the stairs and I'd be like, oh my gosh, I feel normal. Mm -hmm. Like for, for the first time in who knows how long I would just have this like moment of clarity where like all the clouds lifted. And it was weird because prior to starting the VIP spray, I would have told you I was like 90% healed. And then every month I did the VIP spray, like I would have looked you in the eye and told you I felt a hundred percent. And then the next month I would have told you that I felt even better. So 110, 120%, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. That's exciting. Um, Yeah. I had a really great experience with VIP and then uh, we were seeing the same provider. So I had the same thing where it was like, oh, they can't see out of state patients anymore. And so I've had kind of this I think it's been like six months now period of not being on VIP as I transitioned providers and then I was exposed. So I went back on binders for a little while, but exciting news today. I actually had an appointment with my provider and I was like, so, uh, what's, what's the gate here that I need to pass to get back on VIP? And she's like, no, you're good to go. So, um, I got the prescription today. Um, so I'll get order that from the pharmacy and I'll, I'll get back on VIP within the next couple of weeks. I'm pretty excited. Yay. I know for that, 
anyone who has not been through the protocol yet, uh, VIP reaching that milestone is huge. And so it's very exciting. Uh, it'll be cool to see if you improve even more than you already have uh, on VIP. And any idea as far as like how long you'll be on it or just kind of see how it goes? So with VIP, you're really correcting the neuroinflammation that happens with SIRS. And so with the Shoemaker protocol, there's like all these gates that you have to pass to get to the next step. But with VIP is like this, I feel normal is like in quotes what it says on the Shoemaker protocol. So for me, um, just with my prior experience with VIP, I think I'll continue doing it until I don't notice any improvement. Like when I stop noticing, I'm going from 110 to 120 to 130. At that point, I'm going to start talking to my provider about like, hey, I'm ready to to taper off of this because the downside of VIP, like, let's be honest, it's super expensive. Yes. Yeah. Very pricey. So you want it to be giving you a return on investment um, and also, you know, potentially reversing some genetic switcheroos uh that have been happening in a negative way but reversing it back to positive so uh that's yeah once that's done you don't really need hopefully you don't really need to continue much longer than that because it is not cheap yeah i mean the one caveat to that is if you do get re-exposed you can get back on it to help vip and binders to help you like mitigate the the exposure um but it shouldn't be something that you have to take for life and if you want to be like really uh precise about it. You could always get a neuroquant before you start VIP and neuroquant measures the volumetric changes in your brain um, from the neuroinflammation. So you could always take one before, do a VIP and then check your neuroquant to see if those volumes have recovered. Um, I don't think I'm going to do that. We'll, we'll see how it goes. But I did want to mention like even before I started VIP, as I mentioned, like I had almost complete symptom resolution. And even through the exposure that I had this summer, the only reason I realized I was exposed was I had some light shoulder pain and my blood work showed that I was exposed. So now I'm a little more sensitive to like my personal signs of exposure so that hopefully, you know, moving forward, if I am exposed, I can uh, address that more quickly. But I wanted to mention that because I think that, uh, you know, for people who VIP feels like such a hurdle, like you can get really far in the protocol, like really far in terms of symptom resolution before you even do VIP. The other thing I wanted to mention was before I started SIRS treatment, I kind of thought there were going to be some things after SIRS that I would need to resolve because of the physical damage that the inflammation and the autoimmune disease specifically had put on my body. Um, I really thought I was going to have to do like stem cell treatment for my knee because I had a lot of arthritic pain. Um, the other thing is with the uveitis, because of the steroid eye drops I had to take for so long, I have cataracts in my right eye now. Um, for my knee pain, it's 100% resolved. Like, I didn't do any physical therapy. I did, I've been working out progressively more, and I think that has probably helped and, you know, strengthened the structures of structure of the knee, but I haven't had to do any like specific targeted treatment. Surge treatment addressed that. And I, I was shocked. You could see my knees, but like I have pictures of my knees. We're going to have to post them somewhere now. There's going to be pictures of my knee, knees on the internet. It's fine. But they were like misshapen. They look like weird little shrunken head faces. They had like dents and indentations in them where they shouldn't have. And now I have I'm going to say I have relatively normal looking knees now, but like <laughs> if I put my knees out there on the 
on the internet for the world to see like someone will or, tell you they're not yeah, yeah someone will say yeah, yeah. <laughs> my knees are not okay it's fine um for the cataracts I have noticed uh I was telling Barbara before we started recording that I live in a lava lamp like the the cataract manifests as like this just blob that's kind of like grooving doing its little thing in my eyeball all the time like I can see it if I like focus on it or I talk about it normally I notice it more but I do notice that if I am inflamed or I'm in exposure the lava lamp gets worse so the cataract Mm -hmm. is kind of a nice like bat signal to be like hey you're in exposure yeah um but it has reduced too so my my eye doctor said that it the cataract itself is less apparent every time I go in to see him. So I'm not sure if that's going to 100% resolve. We'll have to see. There's also, I might do, you know, my little biohacky side treatments for it. Um, but I was, I've really been shocked at how much surge treatment has been able to correct, not only in terms of like the surge symptoms, but the autoimmune symptoms. Yeah, that is so exciting. I mean, that's something that you were told, oh, you have a cataract now, you're going to need surgery if you want that fixed. And that may, may still be the case. Um, But the fact that it's improving, like nobody told you that was a possibility. So that's way cool. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. So it's really been exciting. I mean, especially considering where I was April of 2022, like, mm-hmm. and just a year for context, I was, I had suicidal ideation. I was in so much pain. I would just lay awake at night and pray to God, like, if I have to be in this much pain, make it worth it in some way. Like that, that's where my mindset was a year and a half ago. And I was walking with a cane. I had a lot of pain in my joints that made me kind of immobile. So for a year and a half later to say that I have nearly a hundred percent symptom resolution, I run, I can run like that feels honestly like a miracle. It's crazy. And, you know, you will always inspire me for lots of reasons, but the fact that you've been through all of that and you got through all of that and you conquered that freaking mountain um, is amazing. And it's so, so good to see that healing is really possible. You were living proof. Yeah. And like you remind me, like, I feel lucky that to be where I am today, like, I really feel God gifted me with the information about SIRS. Like, that was not an accident that I learned that I have SIRS. It's not an accident that the people in my life knew about that, that they were able to tell me about that, that I have been able to heal. Um, And some of that luck has come at a cost, you know, not being near my family sucks. And I hope I get to see them soon or sometime ever. Um, But generally, I think that I guess my takeaway from my own story would be that your body wants to heal. And sometimes it's just a matter of giving it what it needs and then getting out of your own way and stop self-sabotaging. I would say that's been the biggest lesson in my journey is like, if I can just let myself heal and not, you know, push or strive so much just give myself the tools I need and let me do it. Um, that has been the biggest gain for my healing. I love that. Um, I do, because I've shared this since you shared it, I I feel like it's a good way to end this uh, episode. This week in the SERS group, we had a group call and there were 
some people are are kind of struggling with their their treatment, you know, hitting setbacks, kind of kind of you know where I'm at too, and I I totally related to that. Uh, JC shared an amazing verse from the Bible, actually, uh, that was very very helpful to everyone on the group and has since been helpful to other people that I've shared it with as well. So it is Genesis uh, 50, 20. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Yeah. I don't think we're given this journey for no reason. There is hope and there's a reason and uh, we will all get through it. Absolutely. And if you are looking for more resources and support on your SERS journey, you can join us over at thesersgroup.com. See you there.